Um, would you turn in your Bibles with me to Isaiah 54? And as you do, I need to make an official public service announcement. That is that we have nomination forms for the board not election that's going to be held on the last Wednesday night of this month. And I have to do this by the bylaws, so I forgot about it to this point. So there they are. And they have to be submitted by next Sunday. Okay? All right. Uh, the first thing that the Lord strongly impressed upon me to do today was to talk a little bit more about um, the spirit of wisdom that's evident in this place in regard to um, preparing the house of the Lord. And Isaiah 54 is such a, a powerful passage, um, and um, we're going to read a number of verses in it, and, uh, and then at the end of it, we're going to make a declaration over, over you and over what God has called us to do and whatever God has called our, our network family to do. But just some of the things that um, um, this passage says is so apropos for the moment we're in, but it is all a word from God for us. And it says, Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, strengthen thy stakes, for you will break forth on the right hand and on the left, and your seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for you will not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for you shall not be put to shame, for thou wilt forget the shame of your youth and shall not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more. For your maker is your husband, and the Lord of hosts is his name, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. The God of the whole earth shall he be called. For the Lord hath called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, a wife of youth who thou, when thou wast refused, says the Lord. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, says the Lord thy Redeemer. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee nor rebuke thee. For the mountains shall depart, and the hills shall be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, says the Lord that hath mercy on thee. What a wonderful word. That's a powerful word. And I, I do believe that God has released to us a, a dimension of his, of his spirit of wisdom uh, for the purpose of enlarging the place of the tent, strengthening the, the, the stakes, and lengthening the cords. And it's been manifested in a lot of different things that have been happening around here. It's just like for the past couple of months, God has said it's time to take some new steps. It's time to embellish. It's time to, to do some things that need to be done in this house. And one by one, they've been being done. And, um, you know, I just think, you know, I mentioned the things with the lights and the copier and, 
and I mentioned um, um, the fact that some other new things are happening in that regard. Um, we got new monitor projections in the youth room. Uh, that's a, a new thing. You know, just the past couple of days, we've gotten all the carpeting in here cleaned and in the youth room so that you can proscuneo in, in great measures of purity. And, um, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, again, we got the, the, those rocks put in where the sign is, and that looks so pretty. Even when it was raining the other day, that makes those river rocks turn into a lot of different colors. It's almost like it's alive out there, and that was a sign. We got uh, floors stripped downstairs, and a lot of work done in, the, in the, the bathrooms down there, and that work is still progressing. We got the baptistry totally cleaned, and, and it was recocked, and all the plumbing and everything is functioning right, and we got all the, all the robes clean and uh, uh, sorted, and we're going to have a powerful time of celebration and baptism on Friday night of our seminar. That's an unusual thing. Who have ever thought we'd do anything like that? But that's what the Lord said to do. And there's a lot of other things that have been happening around here. Those are just some of them. And um, I'm just so grateful, not, not only as the pastor here, for having those things done, but what they signify as a sign from God. You know, I've been here for a long time. I don't remember a time when so many things like that were happening in the cluster in which they're happening. And I do believe that it's by the will of God, and I do believe it's a sign of this beginning of this year of wisdom, and I believe it's a sign of how we're partnering with the spirit of wisdom and our God in, in new ways. And so I'm believing for many other things that God's house needs that are going to be done. And I'm believing that for you, some of the things that you've needed to have done in your life, in your household, in your family, um, some of them may, you may think, I'm just so frustrated by this, I don't know how there's a solution. Well, God has a solution. And, you know, we heard Ava testify about physical miracle that happened in her family, uh, many of them, in just in this past week. Some of you have needed to have the spirit of wisdom come and restore your body and, and to do a work that uh, uh, many have said, well, it'll never, it'll never be done. I release to you health and vitality and, and strength and function. You know, and God's been saying things like this for the past number of weeks. You know, remember the message about uh, with God nothing shall be impossible. The grace cures and the dunamis function of the Lord. That has been happening over and over and over again in small ways and in big ways. Last week we talked about the Salah of, of manifesting what God has promised to us in the Selah. That has been happening over and over again. It was mentioned again during the Monica's transition this morning with Jehoshaphat, and I'm very grateful that's not my name. But uh, some people would shorten it to fat, and I'm not sure I'd like that. They called him that just around the house. Um, but I release that to you. 
I release that. I release that efficacy and that function and God making a way where there seems to be no way. And again, it's, it's not really an issue. Uh, you know, I was trying to think of all those things. The only one, I don't think that I asked. I mean, I made comments or we made invite to certain people to help us in certain ways. But most of these things I just mentioned, not all of them, but most of these are things that people just got a, a mind to do. And we said, okay, do it. And it was done. Now, a couple of them, like the baptistry, I knew that needed to be done. If I'm waiting for somebody to get, get a move on to get that done, that would not have happened. So I appreciate Robert and, and Rachel and Ken for, for working up there. And for I don't know who all else had a hand in it. There's a lot of laundry being done. I know we were gathering um, hangers at my house last night. So a lot of people did that. But a lot of these things were things that God just put it on people's heart to do. And, and, but, but that's a sign of this season. Do you see that? It's a prophetic sign of this season. And I release to you for the breakthrough. It's a sign of breakthrough uh, that, that we're expanding and, and um, causing there to be revision and, and um, remedial work done, uh, it's an anticipation of what God's going to do in this year. So I speak over your physical bodies. I speak over your, um, your life, your household, your business. God's taking care of you. And he's going to provide a way where there seems to be no way. And um, I think this is just the, I think this is just the season for God to turn uh, the waters of Noah into something that we float to safety on. And Les mentioned Paul's, uh, Paul's episode there. And uh, I'm very grateful for the way God knows how to do that. So. I release that. That's the first thing that, and you need to lay claim to it. I'm telling you, this stuff is happening. Don't focus on the waves. Walk on them to the Lord. I don't care how many voices told you, well, you know, this is, you're, you're up the creek. You don't have a paddle. And um, don't, don't, li whose report will you believe? Believe the report of the Lord. You know, uh, I, I'm going to testify about this in full, in, in, not in full necessarily, but in, in expanded terms at the beginning of the seminar. But over this past number of months, since the time uh, the last trip to Brazil, on the way back, I started having some really unexplainable physical manifestations in my body. And I was told by a number of physicians, I wasn't in fear because I knew it was spiritual, that there's, they don't know what it is and they don't have a solution. And, um, but through the timing of the Lord and through dreams and through access points in the spirit realm and overcoming. See, a lot of times we just want to run, have hands laid on us and have it removed when that really is a way God moves at times but it really doesn't cause you to overcome when that happens. You know, David could have, you know, people could have just laid hands on David when he came with, uh, with the cheese 
and, and the, the wine and the bread uh, to uh, when Goliath was down in the valley. They could have just stood up there and declared. But David had to go down in there and overcome. And, you know, there's some things you just got to overcome if you're going to gain the crown. And I knew that this was one of them. I mean, I, I had thoughts in the night where the enemy just vocalized, okay, this pretty much stops you from being able to go anywhere. This stops you. And I just didn't receive that. And, and God just brought victory. I mean, just total victory. And, um, and I, I feel that same way about where we are right now as a nation. Um, so many ways, and the world, but I'm here in the United States, so I'm speaking from this perspective. People are being told, you know, you've got to shut down. You know, it's, it's, it really is a spirit of fear. And, and uh, you know, my wife works for a major airline here, and I was just told that she has to go into work this afternoon because they have a major meeting tomorrow to try to figure out what drastic things they're going to do in light of this. And it's just true. I mean, this is happening in business right now. Look at what's happening with the Dow. Look what's happening. People are motivated by fear. But for those who aren't motivated by fear, who are motivated by the Lord, this is a wonderful time for breakthrough. We've been in this position before. We have. Do you remember Y2K? What did we do on that night? We sent teams out all over the city and declared the glory of God. We didn't buy any deep freezes. We didn't buy any, you know, we didn't stock up on five years' worth of meat. Can you imagine fighting over that last ham hock with Ken? You know, that, that would never have worked. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I did not understand this ham hock. But we took it, and, and God turned it. You remember when 9-11 uh, hit? And, and man, when, when the white, that white powder was being sent around. Oh, man, I remember having meetings in here with some of our intercessors who were petrified at where we were. But yet, we, t we were able to stand with the Lord on what God was doing, and it was turned for the good. I remember um, when, just over and over again, there's so many of these. There are so many of these. Um, there was a time where we were going to do a, a, a Belgian seminar, and the Bataclan uh, massacre happened in Paris, and they began to go after um, you know, these terrorists that were just rampant, hot cells all over the place. And there were so many people who said, oh, you don't need to travel to France now. If you go, you're going to be killed. You're going to be dead meat. Uh, I, had, I just got a bad feeling about this, you know. And, you know, they said it over and over again. Then when we got there, they tracked the, the, the main people responsible for it right up to where we went. And the whole city of Brussels was shut down. We just flew in just in time. And, and there were people there who said, oh, woe is us. You know, we don't need to have a seminar. We just need to pray, and we're so afraid. You know, and, and we said, no, we're going to do what God said to do. And some of those people really got mad. But you can't give place to fear. You've got to do what God says to do. I remember when we went into India for the first time. And 
Right before that, there were some yahoos that came down out of Pakistan and set off a bomb at the gate of India and killed, I don't know how many, a couple hundred people, bought in, and they, it was very graphic. The media over there doesn't shield things the way they do here. They were detailing the body parts, that, how far they flew and all this stuff. Oh, don't go to India, it's terrible. And just a couple weeks after that bomb, we stood right there where that bomb went off and looked out over the ocean and made declaration there in, in Bombay, Mumbai, uh, over what God had, was, was doing. Because, you know, anytime you go to India, you want to pray real hard, but um, it, it just was, it was, you know, I love, they're good, good people there. The hundreds of pastors that have been trained in the network and all the things that they're doing, that's great. But it's, it's a difficult place to just go to. You want to hear about it, Les can tell you all about it. But, um, but, you know, the thing is, though, that you don't give place to fear, and you don't, you don't say, well, I can't. I remember we went into London just not long after those young people were blowing up the double-decker buses and setting off bombs in, in the underground, and, you know, there, there was just People were petrified. You know, we don't know where cells going to rise up and, and attack again. But you go anyway. I remember when we first took the journey into, um, into Uganda, this, the big group that went over there. It wasn't that long after Idi Amin was reigning there. And there were so many people that were giving us prophetic words about how we should not go there. Our very lives were at stake going amongst those crazy Ugandans. And, you know, the, the Rwandan massacres had not happened too far before that. And, and, but here God said go, and, and we had to go. And so we and that's just a few of them. There have been a lot of other times where, you know, we went into situations that God had ordained we go to, and um, God protected us. God protected us. You know, right now, the, the president of Brazil is here. He's with our president and spending the weekend, and they're engaged in a lot of talks. There are people over there that are saying, oh, you shouldn't come to the seminar because, oh, it's going to be terrible. You know, you, you better not go. And there, we, we need to pray for them. But Luciano says, I'm, I'm coming. And so we were grateful for that. But, you know, the enemy's already told me, you know, tried to intimidate me in very physical ways and in, in just curses in the middle of the night. Um, not from anybody in my family, but, you know, from the enemy. You better not go into South America again. And then this crazy coronavirus comes up. And, you know, what do you think we're going to do? If the enemy couldn't intimidate me by doing the things he did to my body in the past number of months, he's not going to intimidate me by the specter of fear. And he's not going to affect this network. This is a year of wisdom. This is a year of taking light into the darkness. This is a year where we go forward boldly and we do not shrink back. Now, if God, if God says or orchestrates something that that says, okay, I told you to do this, but instead I want you to do this. Well, that's what God does. He did that with Paul, the apostle, 
You know, when he said, come over into Macedonia and teach. Paul had an entirely different agenda. And they had prayed. People had given money. They were going eastward, and God said, go westward. That's God's prerogative. But I'm not going to let fear direct us. We can't. We have to do what God says to do. And with all of these examples, and I could give you two handfuls of other examples of where it looked like we were as a people uh, and as a nation and as just the saints around the world not going to be able to do what God wanted. In those moments, not only did we do what God wanted, but because we acted in the face of fear and we acted in faith, God gave tremendous victories. Tremendous victories. Now, you know, for me, I'll just be honest with you. I'll be forthright. No, I'll be I'll be uh, very open. I was raised in a household of fear. We were Christian people, but my mom was the world's champion warrior. I mean, I couldn't leave the house without her doling out three or four things that could go wrong, and I had to really watch myself. So I lived with that, and it, it irritated me. And as a little boy, I had stomach issues, even in high school. You know, I, it just, you know, nobody would know it from the outside, but I, I had to deal with fear. I had to overcome fear. And I still have to keep putting down that iniquity that was honed during my upbringing. So if there was anybody, you know, I wasn't known for jumping off roofs and swinging off cliffs and being the daredevil. You know, I found a way to get things done, but in the safest way possible. <laughs> Which, as your pastor, you should be grateful for. So if there's anybody that would not be up here saying these bold, bold things, um, it would be me. Because frankly, I don't like having to do this stuff. In the natural, I don't. And, you know, you say, well, you shouldn't say that. Well, read some of the things the Apostle Paul said. What about the time he wrote to the Corinthians? When I first came among you, I came in fear and in much trembling. And so you don't focus on that, but you, you focus on the first word, I came. So you want to be, be doing things not out of just, bold, you know, being bold or, or just daring all comers. You want to go in obedience, trusting the Lord, but I can tell you that I don't particularly like dealing with, you know, for me, you know, if I was a major league pitcher, um, I wouldn't want anything affecting my pitching arm. And for me as a pastor, the one thing that I detest having happen is getting a cold or getting something that inhibits my ability to speak. Because, you know, again, that's basically what I do. And so if anybody brings something in the house, I don't need to be taught how to quarantine. I barricade myself. Not out of fear, but just because I'm not stupid either. Oh, forgive me for saying that word. Uh, I, I'm not dumb. So I take precaution. So I guess what I'm saying is, if, if anybody else was up here saying this, you might think, well, that's you. You know, you act like Buffalo Bill. 
No, I, I don't particularly like having to face off with this stuff, but I am not going to back down from it. So if you know that I'm saying we're going forward, it's not because I just have a, a damn the torpedoes full speed ahead kind of a thing. It's that we will fulfill the work of the Lord, and we're not going to bow to fear. We're going to go according to the agape, and we're going to do what God says to do. And at a time when everybody else is running around with their head on fire, we're going to stand strong, and we're going to have victory. Amen? We're not sacrificing this year of wisdom because this crazy thing came out of China. We're going to believe God is bringing us through, and we're accomplishing what God says to do. Nothing is impossible with our God. Amen. So there's a lot of biblical passages we could look at regarding this. You know, one of them I didn't write down. We're going to look at three of them here. One of them I didn't write down was that wonderful passage. And again, I said I wasn't going to mention Hezekiah. But Rabshakeh was standing outside the walls of Jerusalem, speaking in the language of the people, saying everything he could say to bring fear to those people. He said, don't trust what Isaiah and Hezekiah are telling you. You know, we have devastated other nations. We have devastated other cities bigger than you. And we're going to do the same thing to you. And those people were shaken in their boots. And or in their sandals. And um, they, um, I don't think they had boots back then. They had those fancy Roman boots, you know. So, um, but God brought the work of the Lord. God did the God did brought the victory and God God overcame that voice of fear. The first passage we want to look at is something that David said in Psalm 3. I guess I should just look up there. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Now, that's funny because I you sometimes I don't know how you read that. But it seems to me, it, you might be saying, Yahweh, how in the world did all of this troubling increase? <laughs> many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. There's our friend, Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. Hallelujah. That is a wonderful thing. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. I laid me down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. So I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me round about. That is wonderful. Hallelujah. What's the next two verses say? Arise, O Lord. Save me, O my God. For thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. I will not be afraid of 10,000 people who have set themselves against me round about. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to rest in him. Uh, and I love that. Uh, Lord... Are they increased that trouble me? Many there be that rise up against me. 
Many there be that say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. I will not be afraid of 10,000 of people who have set themselves about me. I will lay down and I will, I will rest and I will awaken for the Lord has sustained me. We need to remember that. We must not give place to fear. We must not. And, of course, one that has been so prolifically declared and embraced over this past number of weeks is Psalm 91. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Surely He will deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. I believe we're hearing one of those noisome pestilences. It really is noisy, isn't it? We need that voice that's so loud that Elizabeth was singing about earlier that we don't hear any other voice because this pestilence is noisome. Every TV you turn on, you hear it. It's loud. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings you will trust. His truth will be thy shield and buckler. You will not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it will not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes you will behold and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. I could read the rest of this, but I want to stop right here and remind you that this is a verse that the enemy used in the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. I believe the enemy is still trying to use this verse to, and the context of it, try to keep the people of God from trusting in the Lord. No plague come nigh thy dwelling. You know, here's the deal. Do you know that God uses these kinds of things to strengthen us for what's coming? If we read what the Bible says, and it's a good thing to do, in the book of Revelation, it talks about all kinds of horrific plagues that are going to be released upon the earth in the, in the end time. Some of them are going to be designed by man in the way of either, whether you say chemical warfare or some kind of a biological warfare. There were some, including Senator Cotton from Arkansas, who feels that maybe this Wuhan virus, or Wu-Tan, Wuhan. <laughs> Wuhan! <laughs> Wu-Tan. No, is it Wu-Tan or Wuhan? It's Wuhan. Wuhan. Woo-hoo. Wuhan. Might as well laugh. God laughs in the face of the enemy. Um, but there are some who think that somehow this was part of a biological warfare scheme that somehow got loose 
because of, uh, of some of the intricacy of it, but I don't know. But I do know that there are going to be things like that coming. What are we going to do then? We keep going. And we either trust what God said and trust his mission, or we don't. doesn't mean that you're, you're idiotic in the things you do. But when God says to do something, you do it. And if and it says no plague will come nigh our dwelling, and the noisome pestilence and the pestilence that lurks about in the darkness, those are the worst kind, aren't they? Because you don't know where they are. You don't see them coming. You don't want to touch anybody. You don't want to walk too close. You want to keep the crook of your elbow ready at all times. Use one of those Texan masks, you know, like the old train robbers used to wear. You know, wear that at all times. And I'm not saying that, that you shouldn't take precaution and be wise, but God has promised he'll keep us, and we need to believe that. Either we believe it or we don't. Either we believe it or we might as well just go on over to the modernists that think none of these scriptures are true anyway. Let's just conform to the world. We're believing our God. Amen? Last passage of scripture is a really, there's a lot of them we could look at, but I feel like we need to declare this stuff. You need to hear it. I need to hear myself declare it. And the spirit realm needs to hear it. And the heavens need to hear it because we're believing our God. Exodus 12, 13. During the Passover, um, uh, the, uh, the command of the Lord to the people when the, um, the death angel was going to move through and smite the firstborn of Egypt. And um, Exodus chapter 12, read what it says here. Verse 13, the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Israel, of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You'll keep it as a feast by an ordinance forever. Now, think about that. We have not the blood of an animal but the blood of the Lamb of God. And um, that blood is a saving blood, but it's also an activating blood, and it's a blood of protection and deliverance. And God says that when things are happening in the nations, if you're under the covering of the blood, not only will those things bypass you, but you will, um, you will be saved from the plague, and you'll be passed over. And um, I believe that we need to be declaring the blood of Jesus as a fresh sprinkling over us during this year of wisdom for what we've been studying about regarding how the Tetheme releases of God came because of the blood. The New Testament is the new, the kainos, diatheke, that, that those, that's where the Tethemes that God has put in your life, that's put in his path in his path of ministry, and that he's, that he's sown into the body, that those things are activated because of the blood of Jesus. That's what the scripture says. It may not be what they're preaching downtown right now, but it is what, what God's scripture says, and that's what we need to have. But, but that blood also, 
that blood also is going to be a mark upon us. And when these things go by, they're going to have to pass over us. And we either believe that or we don't. Now, when I was a kid, about the only thing, once you were born again, about the only way you used the blood of Jesus was we'd say, I, plead, I just plead the blood of Jesus. And pleading the blood, that phrase is never found in the Scripture. That was something that was preached one time and everybody picked up on it and started using it. And so anytime you were in a situation where you were kind of scared or you, um, you didn't know what to do, you'd just plead the blood. Or anybody that would do some wacky thing that you didn't like, you'd say, I just plead the blood over that. We'd say that, and it was more like, uh, you know, our, our holy water, we'd fling at vampires. And, you know, and I'm sure it had some effect. But to be a knowledgeable pneumaticos people is what we need to really be doing to access all the full measure of what the Scripture tells us about the blood. And I've been declaring the blood of Jesus and the tethemis in my life. I've been declaring the blood of Jesus and the tethemis of your life because I have a responsibility over you. It doesn't do the same as when you do it, but I sure am trying to nudge it along. I'm declaring the blood of Jesus over to the themes of this house and what this saints network is supposed to be doing. I've been declaring that the themes of the Lord in this house and activating the well springs and activating the, the portals and the doorways and the ministry uh, instruments. You know, all of those were bought by the blood of Jesus according to the scripture and they need to be activated therein. But I've also been declaring the blood during this season, particularly when it seems like all the world is wanting to go into a cave and not do business and not travel and not, not do this and not do that, not be friendly, not, not say hello, all of those things, we declare the precious blood of Jesus and what this says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you, that's whatever God is orchestrating, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. Now, you can either cower in fear or you can trust the blood of Jesus. I don't believe God put me and you on this earth for this time as saints for us to hide in a corner. Do you? He, we have a work to do. And I'm, I'm just, I guess I'm just foolish enough to believe that with all the things God has said about this year, this year of wisdom and the breakthrough happening on all the nations, I just believe that this nonsense that's spreading around the world was put in motion specifically to stop the work of the saints. But I have news for it. It's not going to stop us. And it's not going to stop any of the, the sons and daughters of the Most High God because we have a work to do. And at a time when everybody else is selling low, we're buying. We're buying it up. Because we're going to reap. When you sow during a time when everybody is afraid, you're the one that's going to have the harvest. Now again, as Les said, we're not minimizing this. It's tragic. Some people have lost their lives and uh, others have been ill. And um, I, I feel badly about that. So I'm not saying that people don't need to use common sense. But what I am saying is that if you think for one moment that this this thing is going to stop us from doing what we're called to do or stop me, it's not going to, not going to do it. 
It's not going to do it. <laughs> Elizabeth, you were too young to remember when George Bush the Elder said that. And Saturday Night Live would, Dana Carvey would imitate him, and he said, not going to do it, not going to. And everything was read my lips. So anyway, read my lips. We're not going to do it. We're going to go forward. Amen. All right. So I declare over all of you that this is the season of God's choosing, and it's a privilege to be able to walk with you in it. I put fear far from you in Jesus' name, and I speak the agape of the Lord to burn brightly within and upon you, and that during the time where everybody else or in the outside, in the streets, may be noisome and spouting this stuff off, you are trusting your God, and He is with you. I declare the blood of Jesus over all of us, and over you in particular, and that God is preserving you. This is a season for going forward. It's a season for faith. It's a season for agape. It's a season, season for obeying. And I, I just thank, we have a first fruits here. I thank God that Francine came and flew on that plane and that she arrived here in Dallas and, uh, you know, gave, God gave her favor just to come right through. And she's here today. And I speak blessing over her for that. I speak blessing over the nation of France, what God's wanting to do in Europe. And I speak blessing over all the other nations that are sending emissaries here. I thank you, Father, for what you're going to do, what you've ordained from the foundation of the world. We're excited about that. You've been causing this people to rise up in the spirit of wisdom and understanding, preparing the house, doing prophetic actions, fasting, praying. We're not abandoning that. We've sown into it, and we're, we've done it as unto you. We're going to see the hand and the heart of our God in a way that's beyond anything we could have ever dreamed. And we thank you for that, Father. So I bless this people. I bless all of you. And I bless what you're going to do through the prayer time tonight. That's going to be a phenomenal extension of this day of rhema prophecy. And Lord, we just love you. We thank you. And we, uh, we proclaim your goodness and your mission. We are devoted to you. Our boast is in you, and it's not by might or by power, but it's by your spirit, and the Lord of hosts is going to accomplish his ways, and we thank you for it, for we've said all of this in agreement with your heart, and we seal it through the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Well, thanks, everybody. Uh, and I do ask that this week God would unlock a number of things that have just been stopped in your house, in your family, in, your, in whatever it is where you need a breakthrough. Amen? Amen. God bless you. We'll see you tonight. Thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in.